0: Welcome to Whipple's Press
1: Box Podcast, where we discuss the latest topics in the professional world of sports. Enjoy our exclusive interviews with athletes, coaches, insiders, and fans. And now, here's your host, Gary Whipple.
0: One game a season doesn't make, but for the Green Bay Packers, their impressive season opening victory over the Chicago Bears last Sunday in Chicago. Has to be a huge confidence booster. The positives far outweighed the negatives. The biggest of those positives, of course, was the brilliant play of Jordan Love, who more than showed he's capable of being the leader of the pack. Welcome. I'm Gary Wolfel, and thanks for joining Rob Reichel and I for another fun-filled and uh, hopefully informative Packers podcast. How you doing? I'm great. How you doing, buddy? I am doing well. Yeah, what what an impressive uh, debut for the Packers and uh, Jordan Love last week, huh?
1: You know, Gary, I do a column, and after every game, it's we call it the good, bad, and ugly. That's what they want for from a couple of my publications that I write for. Gary, it was hard to find bad and it was hard to find ugly.
0: And if it, anybody could find something ugly,
1: <laughs> right, right. I mean, you you know me, I could I could find the mole on Cindy Crawford, right? And <laughs> and nitpick at that, but boy, oh boy, other than a couple of minor things here and there, I mean, what a debut. I mean, Gary, the scene in Chicago was unbelievable, you know that they you know this, they have such remarkably passionate fans about 11 or noon when I was going into the stadium, you know, everybody's jacked and geeked and new era, right? The Packers Hall of Fame quarterbacks are gone from, you know, Favre and Rogers long been buried. It's Chicago fan base thought this was their time. And they were certainly getting stoked prior to the game and the, and the place Gary, the first half was, was really loud and kind of a madhouse and, By late third quarter, you could hear a pin drop, and by early to mid-fourth, it was half empty. And it was impressive as heck what the Packers did for the youngest team in the league, for a first-time starter at quarterback. Gary, I wrote after the game, and this was before the Aaron Rodgers injury Monday night, I I wrote like probably Sunday night or Monday morning, I, I, I wrote when Rodgers was there, it felt like the last few years, all you had with that football team was a past. And today, it feels like they have a future. Well said. And it really does, Gary. There's there's so much youth, and these young kids are only going to get better. The team's speed was so impressive, Gary. I, I don't remember them running around the field in all phases, making plays like they did last Sunday. And again, like you just pointed out, one game does not a season make. They beat the worst team in the league. From 2022, it certainly appears that the Bears are going to be a, a bottom 5 or 10 team again here, maybe maybe even worse in, in 2023. But what you saw out of the Packers, Gary, and their young players, especially these last two draft classes, and we can get into that a little bit, but Brian Gutekunst has absolutely knocked it out of the park with these last two draft classes and it's not going to happen this year gary because it's it, it, at least i should say i i would doubt it happens this year because it's tough to go and chase a super bowl with with this much youth but this to me feels a lot like where the packers were let's say in 2008 or 9 it feels just like where the packers were in like 94 95 right before those groups went ahead and won Super Bowls, the 96 team, and then the 2010 team. It's going to take a year or two for these young guys to grow up, Gary. But once they do, I, I don't hesitate saying this. I I think they're going to be in the Super Bowl mix in 2024, 2025.
0: Uh, you know what? I uh, can't disagree. You know, it's funny how one game changes perceptions. Going into that game, the Bears – were one point favorite, you know, and, and you and I, you know, both talked about it on last week's podcast and what a joke that was. I mean, you and I both said that the Packers would win, and uh to be honest with you, I, I thought they would win big, but they could even won by a bigger margin, you know, with a break here or there. Not that they needed them, but going back to perception, a gambling website, Bet Online. Had the Packers, I think, at forty to one, going into last week to win the Super Bowl. Okay, it's down to like twenty to one now. You know, (laughs) they made just a really marked impression on a lot of people, and you know what's crazy, Rob, is they came out and looked so good. You just wonder, okay, we 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 all know that the Bears are abysmal, but are the Packers maybe that good? My goodness, like like you said, there there weren't many uh things to say that were ugly about that performance.
1: No, Gary, and, and what is amazing, and, and and even up till kickoff, I, I felt they would win the game. Um, I didn't think they'd blow them out. I didn't think they'd be ahead 38 14 because they were without the number one wideout and and, and far and away the fastest guy on, on that side of the ball, probably on the team, in, in Christian Watson. And I mean, Gary, they, they had to throw out twenty percent of the playbook because there's a chunk in there designed for when Watson clears one side of the field by just going deep. And that wasn't available to him, Gary. And Romeo Dubs was on a pitch count. And I mean, so you had your top two wide receivers either out or limited, and they still ran him out of the building. Gary, I don't think Green Bay is necessarily that good right now. Number one, I do think Chicago is still that bad. Green Bay has a chance, and, and we've talked about it through the offseason, with this third-place schedule from last year and the fact that they're going to play the NFC South, which I believe is the worst division in football. That's obviously Carolina, Tampa, New Orleans, Atlanta. And then they get the AFC West, which has a couple of dogs in there with Denver and the Raiders. Gary, they've got a chance to win 11, 12 games based on the fact the schedule. Wait a second. Wait a second. <laughs> I'm just telling hey, you, Gary, to have a chance. let pump the brakes
0: on this here.
1: <laughs> All right, Gary. I mean, let, let, let's let's just for fun run through this real quick, right? No, I no, mean, no, no, no.
0: I, I I get it. I know where you're going with this. But,
1: uh, but but, but, but Gary, we'll my point week. is. Ten and seven Detroit,
0: last week, right?
1: Detroit's going to come to town in two and a half weeks. You know, and Green Bay's got a terrific chance to be 3-0 and for that game. At Atlanta, home New Orleans. I mean, at worst, they're going to split and be 2-1 and one with the Lions coming to town. I mean, Gary, everybody on that schedule is, is is beatable all of a sudden, even teams like the Chiefs and the Chargers, because those games are going to be in Lambeau Field.
0: I, again, I mean, uh, what, what was your prediction going into last My week? My
1: prediction at the start of the year was 10.
0: He 10 and 7. And I was 9 and 8. And, and I, right. still, you know, the bottom line is, you know, again, we, we saw what happened to Rodgers one night. They lose an injured. Let's say they lose Aaron Jones, okay? They, they, this goes all out the window, you know what I mean? Gary,
1: you could say that, though, about any team in football. Yeah, right? I, I agree. All, I, I agree. But they it's have all relevant, right? The, 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 the Bulls weren't winning three straight titles if Jordan broke his leg one year or something like that, right? I mean, the, the bottom the line. The Packers is,
0: don't have Michael Jordan. <laughs>
1: No, they they obviously don't. I mean, but, but if you take away green Bay's best player at quarterback, yes, they're, you know, or their most important player anyways, they're, they're not going to win 10, 11 games, but, but nobody in the league is going to, if they, they lose their, their most important player, but Gary, here's, here's the other thing, right? Green Bay is traditionally one of the more injured teams in football. Well, why is that right? Because for the last 10 to 15 years, they've been one of the oldest teams in football, you know, average age, 28, average age, 27 and a half average age, 28.3, whatever they're under 25 this year, Gary. And and you know how this league works. It's a young man's game. And these young guys, I mean, that sport is absolute hell on a guy's body. And it doesn't sound like much the gap from 25 to 27 or something on average age, but it's enormous. Mm -hmm. You know, it's 500 extra times Aaron Jones, you know, in a, in a season isn't going to the ground. It's, you know, a thousand snaps that Bakhtiari doesn't have to take or whatever the bottom line, Gary is, is they're young and young guys usually stay more healthy than older guys do. And it, it's the youngest roster in football, which you're going to, you're going to make more mistakes and you're going to have growing pains and it puts a lot more heat on the coaches. But Gary, the bottom line is they, they, they should this year have a pretty good chance to stay healthier than they have in in a lot of years. Absolutely, And, and um, you know, if that plays out, Gary, as soft as that schedule is, and as good as some of these young players appear to be, again, it is just one game, and and I'm with you. Let's pump the brakes, and I'm probably getting a little nuts. Um, but the way it's lining up, hey, Gary, we, we gotta
0: tell you, you, tell tell our audience that you're playing under uh, adverse uh, conditions.
1: Oh, I'm fine. Let's not even go there. I don't even want to start. Just a li- <laughs> just a little beat up. Just a little beat up. I gotta. I, know. I gotta, I got a Romeo Dubs hamstring. That's all. You, all
0: right? you, you are a gamer. Okay. So. Anyway.
1: always Yeah. It's, it's not even worth discussing. Just a little cold, a little beat up. Okay. Um, this. Well, you know, the other thing though, Robin, I don't want
0: to belabor the Packer game against the Bears because everybody's talked about it since, but I contend, and I, I've told some other people, friends of mine, since that game Sunday, Jordan loves performance against the Bears was better than any performance Aaron Rodgers turned in all of last season. Agree or disagree?
1: Oh, a thousand percent agree. You know, Gary, the 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 word everybody uses with with love, time in and time out is poise. It doesn't matter who you talk to in that locker room if it's you know an offensive lineman, if it's Rasul Douglas and Jair Alexander who tried getting in his head through the course of the uh, of the preseason, if it's wide receivers. Everybody uses the word poise. And, Gary, think of the play where he hits Musgrave for the 37-yarder when Musgrave falls down, okay? Yeah. <laughs> Love goes under center, fumbles the snap, comes back out. I mean, fortunately for him, the ball bounced right back to him. He starts left, comes back to his right, and he throws from this awkward arm angle that I contend, Gary – There's only four or five guys in the league that can throw from that arm angle, and he he flips it down the field very nonchalantly, and it's not a nonchalant throw, Gary. It's it's a tough throw from his his positioning and his footwork on the field. He flips it down there to a wide-open Musgrave, which should have been a touchdown, and then, of course, Musgrave, the turf monster, gets him or he cramps, whatever it is the Packers want to tell you. I mean, Gary, that that that's just Jordan Love right now in a nutshell. Nothing's going to rattle this kid. And even though he's only 24, even, even though it's only his, his second career start, his first is the full-time starter, I mean, Gary, they, they are in absolutely terrific hands with, with him moving forward. And when he gets his full complement of weapons, and when these young guys halfway through the season all of a sudden have three or 400 snaps under their belt instead of 30 or 40, I mean they put up 38 points without even trying the other day in the fourth quarter. It it is scary, Gary, what this offense could turn into a year or two down the road. And and even the second half of, of this season. I mean, if you're Matt LaFleur right now, you've got to be bursting because you've been waiting for this moment since you showed up in 2019 in green Bay. You, you think if you're Matt LaFleur, you are very smart when it comes to creating game plans, scheming guys open Uh, designing plays that you know are going to work. And for four years, you had a quarterback that when you sent in the plays, you weren't sure if he was going to run them or not. This guy's going to run the plays, Gary. You saw in that game, people are wide open all over the field, whether it was Reed a few times, whether it was Musgrave a few times, Aaron Jones was wide open on that, you know, swing back screen pass or the choice route where he whipped TJ Edwards for the touchdown I mean, Gary, this offense works, and Matt LaFleur is really, really smart. And now he's got a quarterback who's going to do what he tells him to do. And honestly, Gary, again, the sky is the limit, and they had hit their limit under Rodgers.
0: Yeah. You know what? I-, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean, it, it-, it is scary. And, uh, you know, at some point, I think we'll devote a uh, full podcast to Brian Hudakus and what he's done up there. And- it's just amazing to think like, hey, you know what, they're, they're going through a rebuilding year and yet they got a chance to be really good. So anyways, you know, the one thing, Rob, that keeps creeping into my mind, who, who's the Badger quarterback at uh, Florida? Yeah, Graham Mertz. Graham Mertz. I couldn't think of his first name. Graham Mertz. Do you remember his first game as a Badger
1: Ah, uh, vividly, Gary. One <laughs> incompletion the whole night, and they smoked Illinois.
0: No longer a Badger, no longer in your mind.
1: <laughs> but well, like Gary, if Tanner Mordecai keeps playing like he has, people are going to wish he was a Badger.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. But you know what? I, I, I keep thinking of Mertz, and that guy was absolutely sensational in his debut, you know? I mean, it's like everything clicked for him, and we all know what happened thereafter, and In the back of my mind, I go, I I just can't see Jordan Love being much better than what he was Sunday. I mean, which was very, very good. But, you know, if he has a bad outing, everybody's going to be on his case and saying, you know, it was a fluke. And I think that's why Sunday's game against Atlanta is going to be more of a telltale sign of, you know, just where Jordan Love stands.
1: Gary, I keep telling people, don't get sucked into the micro this year. Look at the macro. And game to game, play to play, series to series, don't freak out. Gary, I had a dozen texts at halftime the other day when it was 10 to 6 of people screaming and yelling about love and the offense and, boy, why'd they trade Rodgers? I mean, because it, it didn't look great in the first half. And and the reason it looked so much better in the second half, again, is, is the head coach remembered number 33 is on his football team and he's he's one of the most explosive players in the league when you decide to get them the ball. I mean, it, Hey, watch any team in the league, watch the chiefs, watch the Eagles. I I don't care. I mean, this, this league is hard and, and you're going to have games and and you're going to have weeks and you're going to have quarters and series where things don't always look great. And we just unfortunately live in a society where, where everybody wants to analyze Every single minute and every single second that happens and people freak out. The 2023 season, Gary, for the Green Bay Packers is about growth and progression. And I've said this from the start that by no means are they punting on the year because their elite high-level players on that football team can match up with anybody's in the league. Where it's exciting for Packer Nation is that second tier of players. The the, the draft classes from 2022 and 2023 that are on this upward progression uh, who are going to be your best players in a year or two should have a huge amount of growth. So, you know, don't – Gary, it's a young football team. They could easily go to Atlanta and lose the game. And if that happens and love doesn't look great, don't freak out. The whole 2023 season is about growth. And, and I think you will see it from this team. And by the time we get to November or December, everybody, you know, maybe they will be six and five, Gary. Maybe they will be eight and seven. None of us know, you know, when we get to late in the season, but I think you'll have seen enough good signs to know the future here is unbelievably bright.
0: Yeah. You know what, Rob? Uh, I just looked up the Packers odds from bit online. Last week they were sixty to one. Okay, they are now forty to one.
1: <laughs> that's a that's a quantum leap in the uh, betting world. I've always read Gary like when it comes to point spreads, it has to be a million dollars to move it a point, right? So if the if if the Bears if the Bears are a one point favorite, an extra million then has to come on Green Bay, right, to make that game even. So I have no idea what it does there, how much money needs to be placed to lower it from 60 to one to 40 to one. But that's a, it's a remarkable amount of dollars that obviously had to come in on Green Bay.
0: Yeah. You know, we are, we, we've we we been singing the praises of uh, Jordan Love so far. And, you know, another guy, I mean, we, we could go on and on about the guys who played really well against the Bears. But Old oh, Mister Reliable, Aaron Jones showed up again, and uh, he showed just how valuable he is to that Packer team. And you know, if you, if, you, if you want to question anything about Matt Lafleur's coaching on Sunday, it, it's the same thing that we've seen for the last couple of years. Aaron Rod, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, Yeah, that How many times do you think I'm going to be saying that this year?
1: Aaron, I'm going to guess the over under is two and a half a podcast.
0: I would (laughs) both be over. (laughs) All right. But anyways, getting back to Aaron Jones, we've seen this happen the last couple of years. He gets off to a torrid start, looks like a dominating player, and all of a sudden they get away from him, and uh, the same thing happened Sunday. And I I get it. They're trying to rest him and give him a break whenever he can. They want to keep him fresh. They want to keep him healthy. But – at the same time, you can still get them in a, a situation every once in a while, but it seems like they not only got away from them, they got totally away from From the Packers' perspective. I, I think that's got to change going
1: forward. I say this every year, Gary, after Jones has forgotten about and then he reminds them with an, with an incredible performance just how valuable he is. I say it every year. All right, now Matt LaFleur has learned his lesson, right? Now Mike McCarthy yeah. has learned his lesson right? Because no one, no one was more guilty than McCarthy. I mean, it took McCarthy a year and a half to realize what he had there in Aaron Jones because he fell in love with Jamal Williams first. To Matt LaFleur's credit, Aaron Jones's touches, you know, went up two to three times per season from what he was getting under McCarthy. Uh, but you're spot on. I mean, I think he had five carries at halftime. I don't think he had one in the second quarter. And 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 it's a huge reason that game was closed. I mean, that, that game completely changed and was won. On the fact that Aaron Jones completely took over the third quarter, the Packers had two drives. He caught the 51-yard pass on, on on the swing back screen, eventually scored on that one, and then he smoked T.J. Edwards on the on the choice route for the 35-yard right. touchdown that that completely put that football game away. At that point in time, Gary. The Bears were done. They were dead. It was only twenty four six, but the Bears were done, and I mean, Aaron, and Aaron Jones won the game for that team in the third quarter. Now Jordan Love did a lot of nice things on that play too. the 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 the, the way he was able to use his eyes and clear space for Jones in the middle of the field uh, on that choice route was unbelievable. Gary, that that's something a thirty year old veteran does, not a first time uh, starter in the league. and And that's another reason they should be incredibly excited about Jordan Love and where this whole thing is headed. But You know, moving forward, Gary, if that hamstring is fine and and we know hamstrings are the injury of choice in Green Bay, everybody's got Mm -hmm. everybody's got a hamstring. As soon as you hear somebody's out, it's a you know, it's a hamstring. Um, If if that hamstring is okay, uh, heading down to Atlanta, they better not forget about that guy again. Gary, he's he's one of the most five impactful running backs, I would I would argue, in the National Football League. Um, I, I think all this chatter going on right now about is Aaron Jones going to be there in twenty 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 four is is nonsense. And to me, you keep Aaron Jones as long as he can play football because as good as he is on the field, Gary, and we've talked about this before on the show, he's he's better in the locker room and he's better off the field, and he's an unbelievable football player. Um, I mean his numbers for what he's done in the first this is what year seven for Aaron Jones his numbers in the first six years, Gary, I mean, they're they're scary. You know, we could go through all these categories. I won't bore people, but, but they're, they're in a league with the, with the Jim Browns and the Adrian Peterson's of the world. I mean, it's, it's absolutely insane what he's, what he's done with his limited touches and, And it's probably smart, Gary, to keep his touches, let's say, to 15 a game or something like that. So you make sure you do have him in December and January. He's not the biggest guy in the world by any means, but you cannot forget about him for a 20-minute stretch in a football game and think you're going to get away with it. The Packers were lucky they were playing the Bears the other day and got away with it because if that happens against Dallas or Philly or San Francisco, you know, one of the elite teams in the conference, by that point in time, Green Bay is probably out of the football game.
0: Yeah, you know, the the one area in which Aaron Jones has really become good, and I never, I'll be honest with, with you, I never thought this would occur. But, you know, three, four years ago, when he went out for a pass, it was like you crossed your fingers whether he was going to catch it or not. And now it, it seems like he doesn't drop anything. I mean, he's just become a really confident route runner, a real confident catcher. Uh, that area of his game, at least from my perspective, it has really, really blossomed.
1: Gary, 59 catches last year. That was a career high. Yeah. And it was second on the football team. I know we play 17 games now, so that's only three and a half catches a game. But he's as good, you know, he's as good of a wideout maybe as they have. And if they can ever get him isolated, and a lot of times when they go empty and move him outside, teams will chase him, Gary, with a corner. It won't be a safety in, in, and it's not always a linebacker. But when they split him out, a lot of times you'll see a team follow him with a corner. I mean, that's how much respect people in the league have for Aaron Jones, and and rightfully so, Gary. Um, this guy is already a Packer Hall of Famer. I think a lot of th- crazy things would probably have to happen for him to eventually be in the NFL Hall of Fame. Um, he's probably got to play twelve years and. You know, at 205 pounds, it, it's probably going to be hard for him to do that, Five, 5'10 five, at the most. I mean, he's not a big guy, Gary. So, you know, for him to play 12 years and put up Hall of Fame type of numbers in terms of what we're used to at the running back position is, is probably going to be a stretch. But he's already a Packer Hall of Famer, Gary. He's he's one of the best running backs in team history they are not the same football team when he's not on the field. You you saw that when he sat out the fourth quarter, you saw that early in the game, yeah. you know, when they tried to hammer away with A.J. Dillon, things, things just change. It's, it's not the same. There's, you know, and, and, and obviously A.J. Dillon had a bad game in Chicago. Again, one game does not a season make. I still think A.J. Dillon's a decent football player, Gary, but the difference between those two, two backs is absolutely dramatic.
0: Oh, it, it was so apparent on Sunday. You know what? We we actually had a lot of positive things to say about A.J. Dillon for, during the preseason, and I thought, you know what? He, he's on the brink of having a breakout year, but man, I'll tell you what. if There, there was something disappointing about the uh, uh, Bears-Packers game from the Packers' perspective. It was Dillon. Uh, for whatever reason, he, he just has has had trouble getting on and um, you know, again, you know, you're, you're not pushing the panic button on this guy. He, he's a solid player. But, you know, I guess my expectations for him are, are, are higher than, you know, most people.
1: Well, and your expectations are fair, Gary. He's averaged about 800 rushing yards a, a season over the last two years. Here to me is part of the problem, and, and a lot of it is clearly on Dylan. But when he comes into the game and replaces Aaron Jones – I'd, I'd like to do a study on this, and 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 I'm giving myself an idea right now as we're talking, Gary,
0: Professor but, Rachel, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> but, but Gary, they run the ball almost exclusively when Dylan comes in the game, and defensive coordinators who are a lot smarter than than me and you, believe it or not, which 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 is hard to do. Um, they know Green Bay when they see Dylan when they see 28 ch- jogging into the game, they know it's probably going to be a run play let's call it two thirds or three quarters of the time, whatever the number winds up being. I mean, it's, it's a heavy number, Gary. And I mean, there, there was one play, if you remember in that game, love goes to hand the ball to Dylan and the defensive end almost took the ball from love. And before wow. he got it in Dylan's belly and, and Dylan gets credited with a five yard loss because he's dumped immediately. But I mean, that's completely on coaching. That's completely on scheme that's other teams knowing and understanding your tendencies, Gary, where Matt LaFleur has to become more creative and more balanced with AJ Dillon in the football game. And instead of, okay, here comes 28, they're running the ball. Matt LaFleur has to get into a situation, Gary, where they, where they throw the ball as much as they run it when Dylan is in the game. Uh, otherwise Gary, so many of those play calls have no chance to work.
0: Yeah. You know, when I think of AJ Dillon and, Aaron Jones, I I not only think of two, you know, really good football players, but two really good human beings. And the gold standard for a person in athletics that I always thought was like just a really, really high character guy was Brad Stevens, uh, the former, you know, Boston Celtics coach. And uh, he coached at Butler. And I've talked to many people over the years, and I, I swear, I have never heard anybody say anything bad about Brad Stevens. Well, I I, I kind of get the same feeling about Dylan and Jones. I mean, they seem like just absolutely outstanding guys. And uh, you're around them. I'm curious, what's your take on those two?
1: One's better than the next. I mean, no, you're, you're right. I mean, for all those years, Ted Thompson and Mike McCarthy talked about quote-unquote Packer people, right? Yeah. Not only were they looking for... A, a, a high quality level of football player, but they needed a guy in that locker room, in that community, because it is such a unique community. Gary, of a hundred thousand people in town, where everywhere you turn around, you can be at Best Buy, you you can be at the local supermarket, and 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 there's a reasonable chance you bump into one of these guys. It's a, yeah. it, it it's the all time small town where they want good people in town, and Aaron Jones has been, yes sir, yes, yeah ma'am no since the second he walked into that building he he's 28 now he's a family man you know but he's still top to bottom the most respectful guy that you will ever come across I mean he's he's in that category Gary if I would tell you you know people say who are the three or five best Packers you've ever dealt with he's easily in that discussion somewhere and AJ Dillon is headed that way too. You you you've seen how he's completely embraced this state, how he's become Mister Door County. I mean, it, they're both guys, Gary. Where you don't even turn on the recorder and you can stand there and talk to him for ten minutes about anything because they're just they're that good of people and they're smart. And you know they're they they are Gary, just like you pointed out. Much like Stevens, they're they're just really good humans. Um, and and the Packers are fortunate to have both of them. Whether they're both there in 2024 or not remains remains to be seen. I'm sure one of them won't be, and maybe maybe both. But um, Green Bay has been extremely fortunate, at least over the last three seasons, to have each of those guys in the building, Gary.
0: That's good to hear. You know, uh, transitioning from the uh, running back situation to the wide receiving core, we, we already talked about how Watson didn't play Sunday against the Bears, but I think it gave – Romeo Dubs a chance to emerge and and show his talents and I you know at, at the outset of the podcast I had mentioned how that game was a confidence booster. I, I think that was a confidence booster for Dubs as well. Uh, he had a fantastic game, wasn't one hundred percent, but he uh, definitely showed up.
1: Oh, I, I couldn't agree with you more, Gary. And you know, moving forward, if they got that kind of production out of dubs without Watson clearing space and, you know, and and having a number one cornerback in all likelihood follow him. Boy, oh boy. I mean, Romeo could be set for, for a, just, just an absolutely terrific year. I mean, Gary, how about the play of of Jaden Reed right out of the shoot? I mean, I I told you, that's my guy. (laughs) I mean, I told you through the course of the summer, you know, he he was going to blow away anything Randall Cobb did as a, as a rookie and Randall Cobb had a huge impact as the slot guy in his rookie season of, of 2011. And and we all remember by about 2013 Cobb was a monster had 85 catches and, and was, you know, developing into one of the better receivers in football and got the huge contract. Gary Reed is going to trend in that direction as well. I mean, they have completely overhauled that position in the last two years. In uh-huh. the last two drafts, they have three rookies. They have three second-year guys right now making that up, and uh, it, it's the youngest group of wide receivers and tight ends, easily in franchise history. Gary, I heard a stat the other day. It's it, it's the youngest group of pass catchers in the history of the NFL. I I haven't been able to confirm really? that either way. Yes, well, Gary. I mean, Gary, think about it. You've got you've got two rookies playing tight end you've got three wide receivers that are rookies and you've got three wide receivers that are second year guys. You cannot get much younger than that.
0: No, no, I, I, I totally agree. But I thought
1: maybe I... every, every team along the way, Gary usually has somebody somewhere, right? That's 28, some yeah. veteran, of some sort that tilts the numbers. I mean, everybody right now catching the ball for green Bay is 22 or 23 years old. It's a young man's game, but it's, it's never been this young in green Bay. And, and, and again, that, that's what should be so exciting for all of Packer Nation, is that in two years when these guys are in the prime of their careers and the prime of their lives at 25, 26 years old, it's just crazy to think what this offense could look like if it already looks this good when all these guys are rookies and second-year players. You know, Reed was open all over the field, Gary. Dub's had a couple of routes where he just left people in the dust, including the early touchdown. He goes up and he gets that 50-50 ball for his second touchdown, which was a terrific catch uh, over the quarter. He and Love had outstanding timing on that. And and I'm telling you, when Watson comes back, Gary, he's a game changer. He's a difference maker, and it's going to clear space for all of these guys. From where that group was, Gary, two years ago with exactly. an Devontae Adams, who was still a really good football player you know, MVS, Equinemia, St. Brown. I mean, just, just a bunch of guys. They've gotten younger. They've gotten way more talented. They're so much faster. And and, th- and that overall group of pass catchers should really have a chance in the next year or two, Gary, to, to work their way into you know, one of the top five units, let's call it, in football.
0: Yeah. You know what? Going into the season, Rob, I- I'll be candid. I-, I thought that would be a, a major concern uh, simply because they're so young. But the more I thought about it is that they could be the exception because when you look at it, Watson was a second-round pick. Musgrave was a second-round pick. Reed was a second-round pick. And and Dubs was, what, a fourth or fifth? Yep, Dubs was a four. Yeah, four. So, I mean, three of those guys, though, were second-round picks. So it's not like they're stiffs, you know what I mean? (laughs) There's a reason why they they were picked in the second round, so – yeah this this court, uh, this receiving core has a chance to be really good.
1: No I mean you you're right on that Gary but it, but it still takes time in that league. You know Randall Cobb was a two and I think he had 25 catches as a rookie, right? I mean who's the young wide receiver down in Atlanta? Drake London, yeah. right? Wasn't he the 8th pick in the draft in, in yeah. 2022? He didn't have a catch last week, Gary. I, I mean it, it,
0: it, I mean it's
1: it's for. a tough league, Gary. And, and a lot of times it takes these guys two, three years. And, and, and again, I don't want to get crazy after one game against a horrendous Bears team, right? Let's let us let, call a spade a spade. The Bears are going to be drafting in the top five again in all likelihood, the way things looked on, on Sunday. But we saw this all summer. You know, you saw Jane Reed on the practice field open every single day, smoking people, you know, a, a, a pretty good Green Bay secondary. You saw Dubs uh, every time Jordan Love was in trouble, Dubs is Dubs is a security blanket and he goes there. And those two clearly have a chemistry. You saw Christian Watson running past people. You saw them force feeding the ball to Luke Musgrave. And Musgrave finding, you know, always finding a way to, to, to win 50-50 balls and, and and kind of shine on the practice field. And the Packers quietly saying, boy, you know, we, we have something here. Here's our new tight end of of, of the future you know, I'll, I'll tell you an interesting story from Sunday. The The way the press box is, is structured, we sit about 20 feet in Chicago from, from Brian Gutekunst and Mark Murphy and Russ Ball and kind of all the brass. And I mean, Gary, when that, when that game was put away, let's call it after the Quay Walker interception return for a touchdown, those guys were high-fiving and hugging and like they had just won a Super Bowl. I mean, it was... It was a monumental, it was a landmark win, Gary, from the standpoint that they are completely shifting eras right now, out with the old, in with the new. And the way this looks, they're all gonna look really smart in a year or two when when they are chasing an NFC title again. You know, we'll see where Aaron Rodgers and some of those guys are. I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna throw more dirt on the grave there because that's a you know, it's enough unfortunate situation and an unfortunate story but at the same point in time it was pretty predictable and and here the Packers are moving on with this new young unbelievably talented group of people and Gary it looks incredibly optimistic for them and hopeful moving forward
0: yeah no no that 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 was definitely a pleasant surprise uh, from from the Packers perspective speaking of number eight Man, I'll tell you what, when, when the Packers <laughs> traded him, I expected him to get hurt at some point this season, but I never envisioned him getting hurt on the very first series of their season. And I, I know this topic has been talked about ad nauseum, but I, I would still like to get your thoughts on uh, the Rogers situation.
1: Yeah. I mean, Gary, I just called it predictable and I, I think I told someone last week, I gave them six games. I really did. He's almost forty. He doesn't do in the off season anymore what he once did when he was twenty five or twenty eight. Terms of in terms of the work, it, it's one of the five worst offensive lines in football. And Gary, everybody, all the talking heads of the world for fifteen years made it a huge point to tell you that the Packers had never gotten Aaron Rodgers a first round wide receiver. Right? I mean that 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 story got so old and. and and tired and exhausting, even though Ted Thompson loaded up on second and third round receivers and he found him Jermichael Finley. But Gary, the one thing none of those people ever talked about is, I would say 12 of those 15 years, Aaron Rodgers was under center. He had a top 10 offensive line. And some of those years, it might've been the best offensive line in football. And they kept him clean. He had just a bevy of standouts in front of him. And he did not have anything close to that with the New York Jets. And on top of it, Gary, he brought all his buddies to come play wide receiver from, from Randall Cobb to Alan Lazard. Um, and we saw how that movie played out in Green Bay, right? It, it went right to video. Um, it, it it was, it was not a good movie. So Gary, the guy's almost 40. He's admitted his legs aren't what they were five or 10 years ago. His arm is still great. But at that position, Gary, when you lose your legs, you're in some trouble. And now those guys can't block? It, it was only a matter of time before he was running for his life and something happened. I I mean, I feel terrible for the guy. It, it, it's too bad it happened after just four plays, and now his career is obviously at a crossroads. But, Gary, that, that this was a story I, I think that you and I could have had 80% written a month ago, and all we had to do was fill in the blanks of when Aaron Rodgers was going to yeah. get hurt. Yeah. Because, Gary, if, if, if you can't block people in that league, I mean, I don't care if it's Michael Vick. You, you, you just have no chance at quarterback to survive a season. And those guys just could not block. And the wide receivers, you know, outside of Garrett Wilson are really pretty bad, especially after Corey Davis retired on him or left, whatever that story is. I mean, so you feel bad for Aaron, Gary. And you don't know if this is how it's gonna end. It's it's a hard injury to come back from for a 20-year-old for a 30-year-old guy, right? I mean, much less, much less a guy 40 who will be almost 40, 41 when next season starts. And does he want to put in 10 months of intense rehab? I guess we're gonna find out. My guess is he will, but um, but Gary, if he does come back and play, his mobility is gonna be even worse than it is right now, and and they better go find him a whole bunch of David Bakhtiaris and Elton Jenkins and and Brian Bulagas and Josh Sittons to play in front of them.
0: Yeah. You know, there's been like a gazillion tweets about the uh, Rogers injury, but the one tweet that is just absolutely incredible. I mean, absolutely surreal. And I I don't know if you saw this or not, but some guy tweeted out two and a half hours before the game that Aaron Rodgers. Was gonna tear his Achilles uh, heel during this game two and a half hours before. I mean, what prompt? I mean, maybe he was trying to be cute or what? You know, whatever. But he he prompted it out, and lo and behold, it happens.
1: Wow. No, I I did not see that, Gary. I mean, I mean, it's like.
0: I'm going to get a hold of this guy and see what kind of stocks he uh, would recommend. <laughs> That's
1: right. I I want to know who's one in the World Series and the NBA title next year, Gary.
0: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know the other thing to this this story too, uh, which impacts Packers, is the uh, draft choice. They they could add a first round pick, and you and I talked about this. I don't know if it was on the air or off the air last week, but. Um, Everybody kind of anointed the Jets as Super Bowl bound or or at least going deep into the playoffs. But you and I had some uh, reservations about that, about how far they could go. But let, let's say we were right and they, you know, didn't make the playoffs or, or were on the fringe of the playoffs. That could have been a mid-first round pick. Can you imagine that? Packers coming back with two mid-round picks. And, and now, of course, it's going to be a second rounder.
1: That is the glass half empty approach. I'm yes, gonna take the glass half full. <laughs> if they kept him around another year, you know, the i've used this term five times already in this podcast, and sorry for using it a sixth. It is a young man's game. And Green Bay was going nowhere fast with Aaron Rodgers. Brian Goodicun should have got rid of him a year or two earlier than he did, Gary. At least he got rid of him here in the in the 2023 offseason because at some point in time it it was going to end badly for Aaron it ends badly for everybody Gary in terms of an injury standpoint you know so so let's look at this from glass half full all right they swap picks with the Jets in the in round one this year it gets them Lucas Van Ness Gary there's maybe five outside linebackers in this league that could have run down Justin Fields and made the one tackle that he did for the seven yard sack on fields in that game Sunday that Lucas Van Ness made. I mean, I, 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 I hate to
0: say this to Robin, but it was almost like a Lawrence Taylor track down.
1: It's crazy. You know? Yeah. And, I mean, and, and I left the summer thinking, eh, they're not going to get much out of Van Ness this year. And maybe they won't Gary, but that play right there told me that he he's an athletic freak Um and He could have a career similar to Rashawn Gary where maybe it's not this year, but in a year or two, he's going to be an absolute stud. And maybe he will be this year, Gary. I mean, again, that that was a play that just not many people in football make. So, okay. So Van Ness comes in that Rogers trade because they swap picks from 13 to 15. They pick up the second round pick this year that gets a Musgrave. All right. Mm -hmm. They've got their tight end there, Gary, for the next eight years. If he stays, if he stays healthy, They got the pick that that Gudikunst used on Anders Carlson. And again, obviously, jury is still out. But they might have their kicker, Gary, for the next 10 years there with Carlson. And now they do get a second-round pick in 2024. And for the most part, Gary, Brian Gudikunst has been really, really good in round two. You keep Rogers around, Gary. You don't make that trade. You probably lose Jordan Love, and you get none of these draft picks. So at least they did move him, Gary. Was it a year or two later than they should have? Absolutely. But at least they did move him and they will get some draft capital coming back.
0: Yeah, that, that, that could go down as one of the all time great trades in Packer history. I mean, it's got a shot. So, uh, Hey, uh, before we uh, wrap this up, want to talk a little bit about the Packers next opponent, the Atlanta Falcons and, Rob, I watched a, a little bit of that. I saw some of the highlights, if you want to call them, then in, in the <laughs> 24 to 10 victory over Carolina, which is just hapless. I mean, they, they're they rank right down there with the Bears, maybe, although I'm not sure that's quite the case. But I, I'm still trying to figure out as bad as the Panthers were, how the Falcons, you know, won that game. Rob, they had 221 total yards, right? How many total passing yards do you think they had?
1: <laughs> well, I looked at halftime, Gary. It was twenty-four. Yeah, the end. The end. I was watching with, that a little bit up, up until the Packer game started. I didn't. Didn't that kid end up with just over a hundred?
0: Ninety-one Well, yeah, I guess he did. But as a team, it was ninety-one yards passing. Oh yard.
1: my god! Yeah, yeah,
0: and, and they still won by, like I said, fourteen points. You know, I, I guess the only redeeming thing was the uh, play of the uh, quarterback. Desmond Ritter, he was like 15 of 18, and he threw an interception, and he did or a touchdown, and did that throw an interception? If the Packers play anywhere as well as they did against the Bears, this could be another ugly outcome uh, for the opponent.
1: Yeah, I mean Atlanta's trying to win games a little more old school, Gary. They're they're going to try to bang away with that rookie back, Bijan Robinson. That that Tyler Algiers, a pretty good player you know, the, the passing game is almost non-existent or it certainly plays second fiddle to the running game. The, the quarterback is, you know, he played for Luke fickle at Cincinnati. He's, he's a, he's a young guy. They're just asking him to be a game manager and and not screw things up. They're trying to win Gary with a run game and, and play really good defense. And again, the, the Packers are still a really young team, Gary, and those teams are hard to predict. They could, they could be on cloud nine all week and go down there and, And you know, everybody thinks they're going to roll into Atlanta and and be 2 0 when they leave, but um, (laughs) and I do think they will be. But but Gary, it wouldn't shock me either if they laid an egg, you know, from the standpoint they read too much, too many press clippings about themselves all week, and they they feel far better about themselves than maybe they should because they beat a team that has now lost 11 straight football games, which is what happened last week. I mean, Atlanta is not good, Gary, but they're not atrocious. I said this to some people after the game on Sunday, Gary, in the in, in the press box. Um, you know, even though Green Bay is still young, if you take their top ten players, Gary, let's let's just kind of, and I won't rank them necessarily, but let let's just let's just agree that it's in some order. All right, Diari and Jenkins on the line. It's Aaron Jones. It's 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 Jordan Love. It might be Zach Tom pretty soon as good as he was in that football game, Gary. It's probably mm-hmm. Christian Watson. Let's call it Kenny Clark. Let's call it Rashawn Gary, Jair Alexander. Let, let's, let's call it Rasul Douglas too, okay? Yeah, he, Maybe he, Quinn he, Walker.
0: He, and Rob, I totally agree with you. And I'm going to throw another guy in there who played, I thought, the best game of his career, Darnell, oh, Savage. Darnell Savage. Oh, he, Savage, yeah. He showed up. Uh, I mean, I, I've been kind of critical of him. You know the last couple of years, but I'll tell you what he, every, and I watched him pretty closely. He made open field tackles, and I think he led the team in tackles Sunday. He did. Um, I I thought he was terrific. I mean, to me, he was like, wow, where did this come from? But uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt you. But- yeah, no, no,
1: no, no, no. You're you're, you're spot on, and I could you know as good as he played on Sunday, Gary, I could have thrown Devontae Wyatt in there. I mean, yeah. he was a he was a game wrecker in that in that football game. But my point with that, Gary is that green bay's top 10 or 12 players are, are still pretty darn elite and they can match up with almost anybody in football and they and at the end of the day you do win football games with your 10 or 12 best football players. You you need everybody at some point in time, but the guys that tilt the field, the guys that score touchdowns, the guys that dramatically change football games are your top 10 or 12 football players. And Jair Alexander can take away half a field. David Bakhtiari can still lock up the elite of the elite uh, pass rushers. Aaron Jones can still find a way to the end zone twice a game. And Jordan Love looks like he can be an outstanding quarterback. So my point, Gary, is that green Bay is, is loaded. I still say in that top 10 to 12 players and their depth with these young guys who are going to keep getting better is incredibly impressive and better than it's been Gary in a long time that green Bay should be able to match up with anybody green Bay should go into Atlanta and win the football game, Gary, and maybe do it convincingly. I think, I think they have far better personnel, but again, with a young team, it is tough to predict. Um, But I will say this, I, I like Green Bay quite a bit in this game. I'm going to call it 27-17, and I think they come home for the opener a 2-0 on the road.
0: Yeah, you know, the the big difference between the Bears and the Falcons, in in my humble estimation, is that Atlanta has some really potentially good skilled players. I mean, you look at tight end Kyle Pitts, you look at P. John Robinson as running back, Drake London as a wide receiver, and and who knows what's going to happen with Ritter, but those three other guys in particular all have a chance to be you know elite players. I, I look at the Chicago Bears and I go, outside of Fields, who who, who do they have going forward that's you know going to tilt the field, you know.
1: Well, you mentioned London. He, I mean, he didn't have a catch against Carolina, and and I and I would tell tell you right now, DJ Moore is a much better football player than, than Drake London, who the who the Bears have. I um, you know, and Jair Alexander absolutely took DJ Moore out of that football game. He only had two targets. Gary, think of that. Yeah, um, yeah. so if Green Bay, I mean, if if Joe Barry wants to say, hey, Jair, go follow Drake London and make sure he doesn't catch any passes, that leaves Rasul Douglas probably with who Scotty Miller or Mac Hollins. I mean, not very good football players. And, you know, um, Keyshawn Nixon will take the other one. I mean, Gary, Green Bay's trio of corners is outstanding. They can probably go follow wide receivers one-on-one, lock it up, and they can devote eight men to the run because that's what Atlanta's going to want to do in this football game. They're going to want to bang away with Robinson. They're going to want to bang away with Algier. And what you saw in Green Bay against the run the other day, Gary, was much better than what you've seen the last few years, they've they've gotten bigger up front, like we've talked about. That you know they're about 15 pounds a man heavier now on that defensive line. The inside linebackers were active. We'll see if Quay Walker can play or not. He's in the concussion protocol as you and I are doing this podcast. It'll be an interesting, you know, a few days for him if they can get him back to the field or not. But I mean, Gary, they should be they should be able to devote eight to the run and be absolutely fine trying to take away the run. And then, I mean. I don't like Drake London's odds to beat Jair Alexander. I don't I don't like Scotty Miller's odds to have a big game against Rasul Douglas. It yeah, It just yeah. looks, you know, and you mentioned Kyle Pitts, who's probably been a, a disappointment for the most part, Gary, but they can get away with a linebacker, I think, against Pitts. I, I just think it's going to be a tough game for Atlanta to score enough points to keep up with Green Bay.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally concur. You know, last week I, I said that the Packers would win and they would win big. I, I really felt confident about that, and I'm not as confident this week about the Packers blowing out the Falcons, but I still think they're going to win big. What is the spread? I think the Packers are favored by one again or something like that, right?
1: Yeah, you know, I, obviously, are, Gary, I haven't even looked yet at the spread. Yeah, I uh, think
0: I think the Packers are like one-point favorite, but I got the Packers winning 31-20, to 20. and uh, yeah. I think they're going to pick, pick up where they left off in Chicago, and uh, like you said... This team is really going to be fun to watch, you know, going forward. They, they're going to stub their toes, of course, but man, the upside to this team is is really, really interesting.
1: We've talked about this all summer, right? Since they traded Rogers and decided to go on this youth movement. There's probably going to be three, four, five games during the course of the year where you just have, you're totally surprised at 3.30 on a Sunday. You thought it was going to go one way and it completely went the other. Could this be one of those games? Absolutely. Right. I mean, it's a, You know, love throws an early pick six or the, you know, something fluky happens and Green Bay's playing catch up the whole game and the Falcons find a way to, you know, to beat these guys. It it, it wouldn't shock me at all, Gary. But again, top to bottom, I think Green Bay has more talent. Their young players are much further along than I anticipated, Gary. And then that's got to be the exciting thing, you know, for Brian Gutekunst and Murphy and all of Packer Nation. I mean, the fact that these young guys don't look like rookies and second-year guys, they, they look like NFL vets at 23 years old, and they're only going to get better. It should be a game, Gary, where Green Bay goes down and, and wins and, and gets to 2-0 overall coming home for that New Orleans game.
0: You know, if I was a, a coach, I would give you a game ball for your performance today. You, <laughs> you gutted it out. You showed you're a true pro. <laughs> so uh, thanks thanks for uh, stopping in and helping out. You know, as usual. And uh, also, thanks to our loyal listeners. Take care and all the best. For more sports news, check back every Tuesday for our latest show. You can also follow Gary on Twitter at GaryWoofle and com.